Good morning, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Luxury Weekly. Here is a summary of the 10 most important news in luxury for the week of January 24th, 2021. This episode will be heavy on numbers and quarterly earnings, so if you want to skip the boring percentages, just jump to news number 6. 1. L'Occitan USA filed for Chapter 11 with the objective to reduce its physical footprint in the US. The company currently operates 166 stores and it plans on immediately closing 23 unprofitable locations. On an annual basis, L'Occitan pays $30 million in rent in the US and since the pandemic, it has $15 million of unpaid rent and $500,000 in security deposit held by its landlords. Through bankruptcy protection, L'Occitan is hoping that negotiating rent concessions and early store closures will help accelerate the business transformation initiated during the pandemic, promoting digital channels and reducing its exposure to physical retail. In the Chapter 11 filings, L'Occitan describes that their brick-and-mortar revenue declined by 56% from April to December 2020, whereas e-commerce sales increased by 72% during the same period, representing now more than 42% of its total sales in the zone. 2. LVMH reported their fourth quarter's results and posted a 3% decline in comp sales to reach 14.3 billion euros, which was in line with forecasts. For the full year 2020, revenues reached 44.6 billion euros and declined by 16% versus 2019. Net profits for the entire year 2020 reached 4.7 billion euros and were down by 34%. The fashion and leather goods division performed exceptionally well, with sales rising 18% this past quarter and declining only 3% for the full year. Louis Vuitton and Dior drove the performance, delivering double-digit organic growth in the last two quarters thanks to a strong performance in Asia since April 2020 and a positive recovery in the US since July. The perfumes and cosmetics division saw its revenue decrease by 22% during the full year 2020 after being impacted by the sharp decline in international travel and in makeup. The watches and jewelry division recorded a 23% decline for the full year 2020. It was impacted by destocking across retailers, but benefited from a significant improvement in the second half, especially the fourth quarter, with sales down only by 2%. Finally, the wine and spirits division's organic revenue declined by 14% in 2020. Most champagne and cognac houses showed a strong recovery in the second half of the year, especially in the US. Bernard Arnault expressed his confidence in the group's ability to keep performing in the short term despite uncertain market conditions, and to accelerate its growth post-COVID crisis. 3. VF Corps released their fiscal Q3 earnings and reported a 6% decline in revenue to reach $3 billion, in line with forecasts. These results were driven by store closures and lower consumer demand. As a reminder, VF Corps owns Vans, The North Face, Timberland, Dickies, and it acquired Supreme a few weeks ago for $2.1 billion. If we look at brand's performance, Vans posted disappointing results with a decline in sales of 8%, below expectations, whereas all the other brands in the portfolio either met or surpassed forecasts. By regions, as you can imagine, APAC was up 6% and China in particular was up by 15%, whereas all the other regions posted sales decline from 11% in the US and 4% in EMEA. By channel, DTC was down by 2% despite e-commerce being up by 49%, and wholesale was down by 12%. Overall, these results are seen as positive and the groups raised guidance for the last quarter of their 2021 fiscal year ending in March. 
2024. Swatch Group published their 2020 results and they posted a net loss of $60 million, which is the first time since their foundation almost 40 years ago that they are in the red. The pandemic is obviously the number one cause as the group reported that there were some moments during the year when almost 80% of their worldwide distribution channels were forced to close. They closed 384 retail stores in 2020, out of which 54 were in Hong Kong alone. The group also reported that Omega shut down its production for 10 days after being victim to a cyber attack, which led to a delivery delay and lost sales. However, the group's management is expecting demand for jewelry and watches to surge in 2021 and that there is a good chance sales returns to pre-pandemic levels by then. 5. Finally, the last earning report for this week. Todd's released their fourth quarter and full year results and reported a 30% decline in sales for the full year 2020 to reach 637 million euros. It's the fifth year in a row that sales have fallen. A strong growth in China and in online channels were not enough to offset the negative effects of the multiple lockdowns throughout the year. Sales actually worsened in the fourth quarter, declining by almost 23%, whereas the decline was only 12% in the third quarter. Todd's initiated a brand repositioning back in 2017 to make the brand more relevant and attract a younger clientele. The brand's management expressed confidence that the benefits of these efforts will be seen post-pandemic when they expect a strong growth cycle to begin. 6. A few interesting news this week on the sustainability and positive impact front. First of all, Burberry was listed for the first time on Bloomberg's Gender Equality Index. The GEI tracks the performance of public companies committed to disclosing their efforts to support gender equality. Other fashion companies and retailers included in the index are Nike, Kering and Lululemon. Then, Stella McCartney, Burberry and Kering are partnering with the Apparel Impact Institute to make Italian fashion more sustainable. Through these joint efforts, the brands will work together to execute best practices and increase sustainability throughout the Italian supply chain, which is largely shared by all of them. 7. It was revealed this week that Saks Fifth Avenue has plans to spin off its e-commerce website, Saks.com, and to make it a public company through an IPO. With more than $1 billion in sales, Saks.com is a successful entity. This is quite a surprising plan, which seems counterintuitive in the era of omnichannel retail. However, as a reminder, Saks Fifth Avenue is owned by Hudson Bay, which decided to delist from the Toronto Stock Exchange in March 2020 to become a private company. Some analysts actually speculate that the strategy is to separate the digital assets from the brick-and-mortar assets in order to increase the stock price of Saks.com, which would in return increase the overall value of the Hudson Bay portfolio. I guess at this point, we can just wait and see. 8. Neiman Marcus announced a series of executive appointments as well as an investment of $85 million on systems and fulfillment centers to strengthen its online business. As a reminder, Neiman Marcus completed its bankruptcy reorganization last September which allowed them to shed $4 billion of debt and $300 million of debt interest. However, in an effort to cut costs, they downsized their workforce from 14,000 employees a year ago to 9,000 now. They currently operate 38 full-line stores, five last-call stores, and a thriving e-commerce generating more than $1.5 billion in annual sales. 
Since the start of the pandemic, their e-commerce generated an additional $100 million and it seems fitting that they are now investing heavily in this channel and in customer-centric programs, including the creation of new positions such as service ambassadors, personal stylists and digital client advisors. Neiman Marcus also plans on remodeling six stores in the next 18 months. An interesting metric that they released this week is that their top customers shop the stores 44 times a year and online 112 times a year, and those top clients represent 20% of annual sales. 9. On the investment side, online retailer Boohoo will acquire the bankrupt British department store Debenhams for £55 million. For that price, Boohoo is only acquiring the brand and its intellectual property, including customer data. It will not take on Debenham's stores, its inventory or its staff. The stores will sell off the stock when lockdown measures in the UK ease down and its 124 stores will ultimately shut down. To shed more light on this transaction, the Debenhams website receives 300 million visits a year, making it a top 10 retail website in the UK by traffic. According to Boohoo's chairman, Debenhams will operate a digital storefront, promoting a wide array of brands, including Boohoo's own brands. To complete this news, one of Boohoo's British competitors, ASOS, announced that they were in exclusive talks to acquire some brands from the bankrupt Arcadia Group, including Topshop. 10. Finally, let's finish the week with an interesting collaboration between Off-White and Amore Pacific, showing how fashion brands are trying to tap into the huge potential of the skincare category. The two brands are launching a skincare kit meant to protect your skin from the effects of wearing COVID-19 masks. The box containing the product is branded with Off-White's motif and has a strap allowing it to be worn as a side bag. For now, the kit will only be available in Korea, Japan and China, with a launch on Amore Pacific's website first, before being gradually rolled out in wholesale in those countries until March. That's it for this week. Thank you for listening to the episode. As usual, I would really appreciate it if you could leave me some comments and reviews on Apple Podcasts. Stay tuned and see you next week.